Greetings, Earthlings. We have now taken over your radio. I don't know why Space Jam's in my head, but the OG soundtrack was on my mind this morning. We're here. It's the Field of 68's Best Bets show presented by Bet Rivers. We are the three-man weave. It's Friday of conference tournaments. That means quarterfinals, semifinals. Kai, we got a ton of bids being decided tomorrow. That means today we have good game after good game after good game. Made the outline last night, and it was overstuffed there was there was too much i couldn't even figure out what all to put on it uh i actually messed up a time we had to make a late switch kai do you have a takeaway from yesterday oh gosh jim not really but this continued yesterday from the other games we saw earlier in the week how many overtime games how many last second uh shots how many comebacks have we seen during this conference tournament week it's been incredible um, I, every single game is awesome, Matt. Throughout the day, I, I was watching maybe like 30 basketball games yesterday, and all were good. Um, it's an exciting time. Today should be yes, just as good. Yeah, it's a great time to live bet. My God, how many comebacks were there yesterday? Like, just basically wait till your team or other team, whoever you're rooting for, gets down 10 20. Um, it's loser go home or winner go home. So, it's no surprise that you're going to see these furious comebacks and rallies. And then, Jim, I think you mentioned this the other day. I, Teams with that position of power tend to get real tense, right? When the when the stakes are raised, we talked about how we don't like the motivational angles from a betting perspective. I think in-game, when teams have those big leads and they feel some pressure starting to come, I think that kind of compounds uh, the impact of why you see so many just horrific late-game execution runs, man. Like, I mean, free throws, just getting good, high-quality shots, going completely away from what you were doing that was working. Uh, hey, I guess that's why college basketball is an amateur sport. And we love it for it. Bad turnovers. I mean, when Maryland threw a press at Michigan State, I have never seen a team crap its pants so badly. Like, they couldn't get the ball over half court against a team that doesn't press. It was was ridiculous. Uh, The other takeaway I wanted to throw out is the old Mountain West, boys. It's kind of like the NCAA tournament where you don't get upsets, but that means your Sweet 16 games rock. And we got chalk, the Moneyline favorites, all won in the Mountain West. That means we have awesome semifinals today. We will discuss both of them mm-hmm. on the show. Kai, the very end of the night was maybe the most painful non-cover of the day. Uh, a game that landed 99 total points. Uh, Fresno covered for the first 39-56, but then fouled with four seconds left down five. Wow. And lost by seven on a six or six and a half point spread. It was gruesome for anyone that had Fresno. I, I feel for you. My heart beats for you. Uh, but hey, let's get into today's slate. It's awesome. It's terrific. We are starting in the Big Ten with the early tip. Indiana, Illinois, Matt, your alma mater is getting faded hard by the market. They are not interested in backing the Hoosiers after the miracle comeback yesterday. Uh, They have lost seven of their final nine down the stretch, but they don't typically get blown out. That's kind of a a feature of this Hoosiers team. Now Illinois is laying six points. Is that a little high for you, sir? It does feel high, but just the general theme we've seen in the early market movements, a lot of teams who had a, a day off catching a team on a back-to-back, these later round higher seeds have been getting hit pretty hard. And I think it's justified. Um, I haven't, I didn't do the tally yesterday, Jim, but you brought this up in our group chat. A lot of those teams are really well yesterday. So I think you're seeing that carry over in the way the money's coming in. On top of the fact that IU just put max effort in that mega second half comeback, Kai certainly does not bode well for the Hoosiers. That first meeting, though, I think Indiana, you know, competed with Illinois at Assembly Hall, the one I'm talking about specifically, for 30 minutes. Then Illinois hit the gas pedal late, and it was over. TJD missed most of the first half with foul trouble. 
could kind of make matchup cases for both sides here. I just think Illinois is the better team, and I worry IU runs out of gas. Can't lay that number, though. Six is too high. It's a big spread. It's a really big spread. Um, you, you mentioned the comeback against Michigan. That's huge. Um, they might need this win also to get into the dance. Certainly feel better. Their resume is not terrible right now as it stands. The quality wins are getting up there, especially with that Michigan win on a neutral. Uh, Illinois smoked Wait, Indiana. Kai, you sound like a guy hosting a Fielding the 68 Bracketology show later today. I am. Check that oh, out. Wow. 5, p.m., 5 p.m. Central. Big show. I'll watch. Show. I'll tell you. Uh, sure. <laughs> Illinois did smoke Indiana earlier in February at Assembly Hall, Matthew, in Bloomington. No fantasy that game. I'm not sure he's worth 17 points, but uh, certainly important. I think he, he definitely helped having him against Michigan yesterday. TJD, six points, six rebounds, three turnovers in that game. Seems like Illinois might have the book on him. I don't really see Indiana winning this game, Jim, but the spread is massive. I do think they can hang around. They have size to throw at Kofi, a fully healthy backcourt. But those Illinois guards, they're, they're gamers. Plummer, Frazier, that's late game guard play I want in a tournament. Um, so give me Illinois to win. I, I, I do think Indiana hangs around. Yeah, I, I saw this line open three and a half and I, I was on Beeson last night and I was like, that's too low. Three and a half, four, but up to six, I'm, I'm not touching it. So I, I guess I'm more liked Illinois at three and a half, four, don't like it now. Whereas you guys are more probably indifferent on three and a half, four and, and prefer the six at this point. Uh, yeah, Indiana's not going to go away. We saw that yesterday, rather impressive performance. Uh, Jacob Grandison's status, we don't know 100%. I'm guessing he I think he's out. I thought he saw he's out, right? Think he's out, sorry, Matthew? I thought I saw it. Can, can you, you go? I apologize. Please, please correct me. I, um, saw that. I think he matters, but maybe not as much against this IU team. They don't have like the, the versatile wing scoring threat right. that he, he is, he is out. On. He is out. Okay. Today. Well, that takes away one shooter, but Coleman Hawkins has been pretty good lately. So uh, they're able to, to go to that lineup. So yeah, on this current number, staying away, I might lean towards the under big 10 unders. Uh, usually jump out of me, although I think we had some overs yesterday. So take that with a grain of salt. All right, let's move on down the line. The third meeting between Kansas and TCU in the past two or so weeks. TCU won the first one in Fort Worth. Kai, then they gave Kansas everything they could handle in Lawrence, despite Mike Miles being in foul trouble. Mm -hmm. This TCU team is tough as nails. We saw it yesterday with the comeback. Again, just like Indiana, turnaround, quick turnaround on a much tougher game they had to play than Kansas did yesterday. You go on Jayhawks, you go on Horn Frogs. What do you got? Yeah, is Mike Miles okay? I know he came back, but a scary injuries, uh, well, scary injuries, scary yesterday against Texas, but a great comeback, huge win for them. They're a rocket ship. They're on their way to the moon, Jim. Um, yeah, and they've been impressed against Kansas twice. We, we said it on a previous show. They have the size to match up with McCormick and KU's front line. They have the long wings to battle the Browns, the Igbajis, the Wilsons of the world. But Kansas, Matt, gave us a bit of a statement yesterday, blowing out West Virginia, saying we're still the, big tw- the, the, the best team in the Big 12. Um, I, I, I think TCU can hang around seven and a half. It's a big number, but maybe yeah, Kansas. Eight and a half, too. Eight and a half, that's too much. Uh, maybe Kansas had a bit of a wake-up call, and we're going to start playing like their, their potential. But I'm a believer in TCU, and eight and a half points, maybe Miles, maybe someone knows something about Miles. That's probably a check on a lineup. Maybe that's why the spread's coming up. Yeah, Jim, look at this from a pure you know, what did the prior games close and how do those games play out lens? If they, what opened minus 10 and a half Kansas did at home when they played TCU, the second leg of the back-to-back, they got bet up a little bit. So now they're only laying two points more. And what I would argue is while it's not a, a it's maybe a better spot because TCU is coming off that back-to-back and mounted that huge comeback. And you can kind of slice that cap both ways. Um, 
skin that cat, slice that cat's soul too. <laughs> vicious. Skin that cat both ways. I mean, skinning isn't really a great imagery either. No, it's not, but it's a saying. So I'm just going to stick to the idiom <laughs> there. I, I, so I went back and forth, all things considered here. I do lean Kansas though. Um, and I know I've not been impressed with this Kansas team, Jim. You've mentioned this a few times, but I think that's the right side just on a pure price perspective. The man, the way TCU can just bully you up front, dude, just a bunch of men, bunch of men. Yep. Yeah. Big eight boys. and a half. I'm, I'm leaning TCU. I, I, I just thought, like Matt said, that spot was so perfect for Kansas to blow them out the second meeting after uh, TCU had won and also beaten Texas Tech. And they couldn't get away from them. Like, it, I, I don't feel like this spot is that much worse. Uh, despite yesterday's games going very differently for these two, uh, a lot of the matchup points that both these guys cited already, I think, are valid. Yeah, TCU, that, that just feels a little too high for me. Look, they got down by 20 yesterday and came all the way back and won. Like we're saying with, like we're saying with these dogs, they do not go away mm-hmm. in this postseason setting. So, yeah, lean towards the dog. All right, let's go to the SEC. LSU and Arkansas, another very recent matchup between these two. Uh, Matt Adish Tony is out for Arkansas, pretty versatile defender. I think his absence yep. mattered against Tennessee. I sort of think it matters against today. That's a guy they could throw at Tari Eason or Darius Days, two, uh, two of LSU's key scorers. How do you see this one playing out? Both these teams away from home now on a neutral floor, no home yep. edge. That makes things different. What do you got? I think the most recent meeting between LSU Arkansas is a better indicator of what we see in this matchup. Um, LSU played them very close at Bud Wald. Now you're in a neutral. Money's taken Arkansas up to three and a half. I like LSU, Kai, at the current price. Um, I think this should be closer to a pick. I think the Go Tigers are um, trending back toward the version we saw in the early non-con. Obviously, I think they picked off some worse teams, and they're very good at beating bad teams, but I think they're playing really well, and they've proven against high-caliber competition. Once I got Xavier Pinson back, I think LSU, plus three and a half. I think it's a pretty good wager. Yep, LSU, best bet. LSU, LSU, LSU. Yep. I'm surprised at the spread, frankly. Um, I'm surprised Arkansas is taking money. I think Tony out is a big deal. That LSU-Mizzou game, <clears throat> that final score is not indicative of how that game played. Excuse me. Late run ga- uh, late game run by the Tigers, the Mizzou Tigers, uh, spoiled that cover for LSU. Arkansas not being healthy. Arkansas not being at Bud Walton, which, by the way, LSU should have won that game at Bud Walton just nine days ago. Gives me confidence LSU can hang around. It's going to be a scrappy game. They're strong defensively, both sides. It's going to be up-tempo, but not much efficiency, in my opinion. Uh, LSU, plus three, plus three and a half, best bet. Yeah, we are we are in agreement here all, all across the board. That number is strange to me. Yep. Going up with an injury on their side, I don't think there's an LSU injury we don't know about. I think it might just yep. be that Arkansas is playing that well lately. But it's yeah, also that I think it's that theme, the money, the money where the team's gotten rest, playing team on back. I think that's I think there's like 10 games on the board that have been same, yeah. same movement. Yeah, I'm not sure I buy that either. LSU was up 20 with five to play. I don't know. LSU was not stressed out yesterday. Mizzou backdoored the heck out of that, but uh, I don't feel like LSU is getting into their legs or anything. And they're a deep team. Kai, I'm with you, but like yesterday I didn't do well. And I played a lot of those dogs who were coming off of a game before. So I don't know. Maybe I need to respect it more. And the market clearly does so. teams Teams are getting rest or better. Right to, to start with, but I think LSU is just as good as yeah. Arkansas, for instance. Yeah. yeah, I'm saying that's the number, how good a team is in the number. So the situation lunch, I guess, just didn't play as or it was underrepresented in the number. All right, sorry, Jim, we're done debating it. Back to okay. you. Okay, okay. Yeah. Abilene Christian is a team that is invincible to any sort of rest. Yeah, it's true. They're, they're an outlier right now. Ridiculous. Uh, okay, let's start with one of the uh, Mountain West semifinals here San Diego State, Colorado State. 
I mentioned the San Diego State came last night, a crazy cover for the Aztecs, undeserved, I will, I will strongly say. But an easy under, Kai, just one of the one of the uglier games you'll see. It was like 80 points with two minutes left, then they got a little bit of late game fouling type stuff. There was a point where the live total was under 100 or early in the first half. So it, that just tells you the way these Aztecs games play out. Uh, both these first two games were kind of bizarre. I, I can let you yeah. talk about that a little bit, but uh, there's a feeling of Dutcher sort of owning Medved. Are, are you buying that? I think San Diego State has their number. Yeah, last year. Up by a billion, they lost, won the second game pretty easily. This year's split, second game was close, but Colorado State did have a 20-point lead in that game. Yep. Um, maybe they fought back just a little bit there. Yeah, you're right, San Diego State's off that that insane win. They Their defense is just crazy good. 0.77 points per possession they held Fresno State to. And Colorado State maybe should have lost to Utah State yesterday. They survived a war in that game themselves. I'm going with defense here. I'm going with Dutcher history. Matt, did you know? Brian Dutcher has made the Mountain West final every single year. He's been the coach of San Diego State. Mm. I did not know that. I like good data points. I go. appreciate that. Great factoid. And, and he had a team that wasn't very good early on, correct? Yeah. 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 He had that one really, really bad team. Not bad team, but just very disappointing team. Um, I think the money got this one right again. Colorado State opened short favorites. Um, now San Diego State sitting at minus two at most shops. I think that's where it should be. I, but based on that, if you accept the price is sharp, I'm with you guys. The gut tells me that the Aztecs are the right side. And I think in these conference tournament games, your gut screams something. You trust it. You listen to it, Kai. You let it in. So I'm riding the text. I think you guys ride. The, the way they shut down uh, Roddy in that offense in the second half of the game in Fort Collins was like, oh, wow, they have completely debunked this offense. Yeah, I also like the under. I think these Mountain West unders are, are pretty solid bets. These teams are grinding. There's always one team in a matchup that wants to play in the half court. Even Colorado State's not going to like make this a track meet. I, I love the back-to-back angle. This this number hasn't been bet down, which surprised me a little bit. Um, so there's there's definitely value in it uh, to me still. Uh, so I lean towards the under there. Considered it for a best bet, but not going there already. Uh, all right, let's go to chat mob. Kai, I know there's like 44 games today. We're only covering eight of them. What do we got from the chat? <laughs> Might cover all of them with the chat. Okay. Uh, we're going to start with Fernando Tupac here. Temple and Tulane is a very popular question. Jim, I'm going to go with you. I think it's around a pick right now. Plus yeah, one I, Temple, yeah. I, both these teams have backcourt injuries. Uh, no Jalen Cook for Tulane. No Jeremiah Williams potentially for Temple. I think Cook matters more. I think that team is a different squad without Cook on the floor. Uh, maybe a slight edge to Ron Hunter in the coaching department, but I think Aaron McKee yeah. has acquitted himself really well this year with yes, the battle getting hurt and some of the other injuries they've dealt with. Uh, I think I'm a temple boy there, Matt. They did. Beat I'm back Tulane on the owls, baby. I'm back the with the owls. And th- so the one game they lost to Tulane too was a ridiculous overtime lucky comeback by Tulane that I was on Tulane and I felt the horseshoe in my rear hind parts. So uh, yeah, I, it's the owls for me there, Kai. Uh, Matthew, you get your beach, your beach boys. They're catching, they're catching three and a half points despite being, despite being the one seed against old Santa Babs, who looked very good yesterday. Looked awesome yesterday. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, stayed away, Kai. I like Long Beach. I just don't really trust them. They can get a little bit too erratic, helter-skelter out in transition. I think UCSB is a better – they can execute a little better. And, uh, man, what Amadou So did up front yesterday was, was yo man's work. I worry he has a field day inside against, I mean, it's, it's a long front line, but I don't know if they really have the interior stop gap to contain him. Yeah. yeah two I, up to four. I think Babs is going to be the big West representative in our tournament. I'm convinced as well. Yep. With you, Jim from jets, Pete, his best bet, Kent state 
and they're plus one. And there's a lot of questions in the chat. Why is Ohio favored today? Yeah, I was surprised to see this slip too. Ohio's Ohio's playing like doo-doo lately. Not good, but they did have an impressive effort yesterday. Uh, gave up a late run to make that score look closer than it was. I think it was 13-0 to end the game. And they still won by double digits. But they got swept by Kent State both times. They really struggled to score inside the arc. That's basically been the story of everybody against Kent State this year. Uh, but I leaned Ohio. Uh, I picked him in our pool, Kai. I, I just think the backcourt's a little bit better. I, I'll take Sears over Carey, even though Carey's been remarkable. Yeah, uh, Carey player of the year. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Unreal. Kent State's been playing great. I, I really don't have a take too much in that game. Andy um, Garcia, the key there. Go, okay. That's all I got. <clears throat> Matthew, Ryan's. Ryan Noker's best bet, Cincinnati, plus 12 and a half at Houston. We expected a high spread. Is it too we high? Did. I think it's too high. Didn't we back since the last game? Uh, played pretty well. I think these Houston numbers are still a little bit overinflated. Again, another one where I think the either the odds maker opening line or the early money from the market has pushed it in the favor of the favorite who is uh, has that rest advantage. But again, I still think that's moot in this case. It's still three points too high for my liking. So yeah, very much in on the Bearcats. I just want to say that Houston's covered nine of the last 10 against Cincinnati. Calvin Sampson owns every coach. That's yeah. There. It's a bad a matchup. matchup. Yeah. Uh, Jim Scott asks about North Carolina central cop and state little money for uh, NCCU up to minus two. NC central for me, it was NC central yesterday. I'm back with them today. Coppin had the day off yesterday, but Corbett did not play. Kai, they got Sarzuela back, but he had eight points and seven turnovers. No assists. Mm. He was terrible. Mm. I I can't believe they survived that Howard game. Uh, This is preseason expectations for me. NC Central, higher, only lane two. I'm I'm with the Eagles. Matthew, in the MEAC, Norfolk, minus six against Morgan State. It feels a little high, I'll be honest, just given the talent that that uh, that Morgan boasts, but I'm not fading Norfolk. I think that's my clear-cut favorite team in this conference. And wild, wacky shit happens in these conference tournaments. I just would not bet these, honestly, just or live bet them. Numbers <laughs> high, though. Numbers high. Jim, let's go Big West. Let's talk Hawaii Fullerton. A lot of chat here. A lot of people really like Fullerton. Up to minus three right now in favor of the Titans. Yeah, I don't blame them for liking Fullerton. I'm I'm surprised Hawaii got by Riverside without Noel Coleman. I think somebody in the chat pointed out that Coleman had a huge game against Fullerton last time out. I don't know how Hawaii's doing how Hawaii's doing it. They, they lost two starters in the preseason, yeah. and now they're doing it with kind of smoke and mirrors at this point. But Gannat's a pretty good coach, and they've got a couple solid players left, and, and Kalina has really anchored the defense. Yeah. Uh, but I get it. I, 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 the lean to Fullerton is, is fair. I, I have no take. Matt from Matthew. Penn sure. State. The Darlings, your Darlings, your Fighting Shrewsberries, they're catching 10 and a half points right now against Purdue. That number was steamed up towards the Boilers. Yes, it was. Can they hang around? Can they make it ugly? Uh, yeah, it's what they do. That's their MO. However, I did not take it. I was hoping to catch a couple more points. Um, Penn State's third game in three days. I worry that Purdue might be locked and loaded here, trying to make a statement in this Big Ten tournament. So no bet for me. Penn State unders, they've been great. They have been. From Fondell, let's hit Davidson and Fordham. Jim, this spread felt a little high to me. I think Fordham might be able to hang around 12, 12 and a half. Yeah, I mean, they have just been mega feisty as an underdog. I, I think Kyle Neptune has done an unbelievable job yep. uh, there so far this season. They are really <laughs> low on firepower. Quisenberry was like a shell of himself yesterday. I don't believe he scored at all. Uh, 
So that concerns me, but it's just a big number and I don't love Davidson laying big numbers. I, I like Fordham getting big numbers. So uh, matchup wise, that, that scenario has me leaning to the Rams. Uh, next one, we'll go two more, then we'll get back to the outline. Matt, UAB, huge spread against Middle Tennessee right now. I am really surprised the spread got up here to seven, six and a half. Uh, well, first, I'm just saying Ryan A in the chat mentioned Quisenberry is officially out today. So to, just to note that, you but go. you're right, Jim, he was a shell of himself. So I'm not sure yeah, he's even really relevant. They played fine without him. Um, Kai, I took UAB early because I'm razor sharp. It's way, way too high right now. Um, if you're a believer in this middle Tennessee team, which I'm looking at the ATS standings right now, there are only a handful of teams that have outperformed them. Now it's time to hop in catching seven against a UAB team that I think has shot a little bit out of their ass recently. Uh, certainly feels like a decent wager to counter punch against me. Yeah. I mean, seven points from middle Tennessee. Yeah. The way Jeff- Jefferson did not play yesterday, by the way. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, which is important. They should have lost right. by the way. Last one here from Kyle before we head back to the rundown. I got everything written down, folks. Worry not. Seattle, Abilene Christian. Jim, Abilene is favored by two. I want to say this real quick. Abilene is a 32% three-point shooting team. They have shot over 50. They have shot over 47. Their last two games, I have faded them both times. Yeah, I'm frustrated. Jim, what do you think? Yeah, is this a case of a team just getting hot at the right time, like old Oregon State last year? Yeah, uh, they've also forced like 25 and 22 turnovers in the yeah, two games. That helps too. <laughs> but Matt, this is a case where one team's playing. I guess I don't need to go to Matt, but one team's playing third game in three days, and they're all about pressure and intensity and physicality. And Seattle's been off, and they're maybe the best ball handling team in the conference to not turn the ball over. I like Seattle's fresh rested guards, but I, I, I've been fading Abilene Christian too, Kai, and it's been painful. So Seattle. I think they should be a slight favorite catching two better spot rest preparation. think that matters or maybe it doesn't if ACU still shoot 60% from three. I like both of the favorites slash one and two seed. Let's not getting the double, double, triple by. So we'll get there in a second, but just a teaser. That's where I stand on both games there. All right. right. Biggie semifinals. We're back to the outline here. UConn Villanova. This was meant to lead off the show, but idiot Jim had Indiana, Illinois down here, and we had to hit that before uh, we got to tip. So UConn, Nova, uh, different games yesterday. UConn kind of manhandled Seton Hall, as called by yours truly. All right. Nice. And nice. Villanova, whew, got down 17 early, barely survived that game. A couple big free throws by Brandon Slater. Kai, does Villanova get a little revenge for the late game shenanigans at UConn mm-hmm. where eh, there were some dicey calls, I would say? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, and Nova, man, they survived that St. John's game Ooh, down the entire time. Uh, what a comeback for them. UConn, not really phased by Seton Hall. They split the season series, Jim. You mentioned that game. They won the first game. Snowgo in that last game was a beast. 20 points. Matt, I gave Eric Dixon a lot of credit, but he lost the war there. And there isn't much depth behind Dixon. They have to go Slater or Samuels at the proverbial five oftentimes. And that's a matchup issue. Now, it's a matchup yeah. issue on offense for Villanova as well because UConn cannot handle that, that five out uh, when they go Samuels or Slater there. It's, when it gets down to crunch time, we're in the semifinals of the Big East. I look at coaching, especially here. Jay Wright, a billion times, I trust more than Dan Hurley. Both teams have big-time guard playmakers. I lean towards Villanova here. I lean UConn. I was so impressed with Connecticut's defense yesterday, just swarming. If they bring that level of intensity against what you guys should play a team without a point guard. I don't care who they played. It was mega impressive. It was very impressed. Now Villanova is a different animal. Yes, we all agree with that. Still, just 
the version of that UConn defense, which we've seen show up time and time again this year, when they get that as like their backbone, they're a tough team to beat. I think that showed up in the last game against Villanova. Obviously, it was a home hype spot. I still think they're the right side here today. Sonogo will have a far better time operating inside. I know he can be exploited on the other side, but two of 11 yesterday inside the arc against those mammoth trees for Seton Hall. He'll have yeah. his way, I think, inside today with, uh, like I said, against Dixon, who's a little bit undersized, height-wise at least. I don't, I don't disagree with that at all. Yeah. Dixon's actually held up fairly well against Sonogo in their first couple of matchups. Um, but last game, not really, but first yeah, game, yes. Yeah. Uh, the, the one other thing I want to say yesterday, they were saying Jermaine Samuels had back spasms. He did not start. Excellent. Played some and was struggling. I think he looked better when he got loose in the second half. And apparently Dixon was barfing before the game. Like, was not, <laughs> not feeling well. So Villanova getting down early, I think, made some sense there. But if they're a little healthier today, that could be huge. Uh, and I also just want to say to Mr. Joe Kidd in the chat, Cole Swider would help you. He has been awesome for Syracuse. I know you don't like him, but it would be nice to have a 6'10 knockdown shooter. I'm sorry, buddy. Uh, yeah. All right. Eileen Villanova there. I do think they get a little retribution for the disappointment that happened at UConn. Okay. Let's keep on moving. Big 10, Michigan State and Wisconsin. Another quarterfinal game here. Johnny Davis's status, Matt, obviously the biggest storyline. He said he was going to be fine for the tournament, but you never know if that's a little bit of smoke or, or what, what the actuality is. I guess he plays and the line movement seems to indicate that it's been bet up for the Badgers. Where do you land on this with the Badgers laying over a field goal now against the Spartans? Yeah, I think he's playing. It's just the question is how effective he's going to be. And that's really what this comes down to. Another situation, I'm a broken record at this point, team that gets a double bye, catches the team on the back-to-back, favorite the team with rest takes money. I was on Sparty yesterday, looked pretty good until it looked really not good late. Um, I still think Michigan State's a little bit undervalued. It feels like the narrative thinks this team sucks. I still think they're fine. I know they have holes, but um, I, I still don't love this Wisconsin team with a gimpy Johnny Davis. If he's healthy and effective, yes, I think that's the right side today, but it doesn't seem like he's going to be all the way 100%. So I actually am looking to go against the market, Kai, and take Sparty here. Yeah, the number, it hit three. I I agree with you. I lean towards Michigan State on the number. Izzo, good history in the Big Ten tournament. They have a game under their belt um, in this tournament already. Now, they didn't look great against Maryland, I, I will say that. Uh, but Wisconsin's poise, their experience, um, I think that plays well in the tournament here. So if Davis is healthy, I kind of think they're in, the, in it for the long haul. The Big Ten tourney could win it. Um, so I, I, I lean towards Wisconsin. The number value, I agree, is in Michigan State. Yeah, Kai, yeah, people on some threes and threes and a half. So it, it, it's out there if you three want three to get the up. dog. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, the, the, the Davis thing, I'd, I'd like to see how he looks in warmups and that kind of thing before I take a, a strong stance yeah. on that game. Uh, also, Michigan State was really good until they got pressed yesterday. Wisconsin's not going to press them. That, that is not a concern. Yeah. I don't think Greg Gard's going to look at that film and be like, all right, baby, it's time to roll out the one, two, two pressure. pressure that we have. No, that's that's not a badger. Uh, tenant so also jim another game where under took some money i know you're advocating for big 10 unders so another one that holds up there yeah i'm i guess i'm a little surprised there michigan state's one of the faster teams wisconsin has weirdly been a bit of an over squad this year but uh yeah they overs were actually four now yesterday wow Hmm. yeah big 10 got there was a lot of scoring in the big 10 yesterday maybe it comes back down with more teams playing back to back yeah yeah exactly um okay next one virginia tech and north carolina Kai, I have to admit, I was very impressed by the heels yesterday. Very much an emotional letdown spot after they got their egos blown up for the big Duke win on the road. 
they certainly were were touting themselves on social media. I was I, again very impressed. They put Virginia Tech or excuse me Virginia away immediately. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, Virginia Tech got a second straight win following OT. Does that start to catch up to their legs today? That's the big question. Yeah, I'm, we're seeing peak UNC right now. This is the team yes, we, we expected are. all season. They're up to 25 in Kempom. Yeah, they killed Virginia. Won at Duke, obviously. They won at VT a couple weeks ago. That's six straight wins for this team, Matt. They, they are really firing on all cylinders. Batek, though, making its case for the dance. A win here likely seals it. Um, they've, they've probably overtaken Wake Forest in, in most bracketologists' minds, I would imagine. Um, UNC did win both games during the season. They have such an edge up front. Uh, Aluma, plenty of counters for him up front. It really comes down to shooting for Virginia Tech. Can they get looks against this UNC perimeter? I tend to think so. The leaky black is an ace defender, as we all know. Um, Vatek, Matt, also has been overcoming some very unlucky shooting splits yes. during ACC play. Mm-hmm. I think we're seeing that regress towards the right side. They're 13th in free throw percentage defense and 14th and three-point percentage defense in the ACC. I lean towards Vatek catching points here, but I am very weary against the UNC team. It looks great right now. I was just going to say, Virginia Tech was 5 of 26, the most recent meeting against UNC from downtown, just a microcosm of that point you, you brought up. I, I am just very in on this version of UNC. You're right. Basically, from that Virginia Tech game, I'm just mentioning, even though there was adverse shooting splits there in Virginia Tech's uh, face, the way they played the Duke game to follow it up yesterday with an emphatic win. I'm backing on UNC. So I, Hey Duke folks, fans, I guess that's me included. I think UNC could pop Duke again in the title game. Yeah. They, they have every right to be this good talent wise. Uh, and maybe it just took a first year coach some time to get in the groove. I also feel like they, they started to think about the fact that they didn't have a big win and it kept catching up to them, kept catching up to them. And now they kind of got that monkey off their back having beaten Duke. They're like, okay, we're actually the team that, we thought we could be, maybe people thought we could be. Um, so I'm leaning towards North Carolina continuing their run with Virginia Tech having the extra game under their belts and the fact that it went to overtime. So uh, it, that one's dicey, though. That one is, is very dicey to me. All right, last one on the outline, guys. Wyoming, Boise State, the second semifinal here in Vegas at the Thomas Mack. Wyoming and Boise both snuck by yesterday. A giant three by Xavier Ducell saved the Cowboys, who could not make a layup against the UNLV defense and Boise and that Nevada team was feisty, but they continue to be very good in close games. Matthias, what do you think about this matchup? I, I, I've seen Boise with a little bit of a, a matchup edge here when I look at it, but what do you, what do you think? Yeah. The, uh, the Maldonado post-up cheat code was at full form yesterday in the first half. And that's what Boise has to stop. And I think they can, right. They have those big physical wings. You know, yes. ACOD is the exemplar of that, that can body him. Um, and Boise is like really the only team in this conference that, that has, I mean, one of the few teams in the country that has that type of DNA Kai. So that's a huge matchup component there price wise. Mm, I guess it's about right. I tend to think Wyoming is a little better than the three point dog that the current number reflects. What do you think? I'm staying away though. Uh, well, first of all, a huge win by, by Wyoming over UNLV. I think they're locked into the field now, which is great for, for Jeff Linder and for all of us. We want to see Wyoming in this, in this tournament. Cherry on top, though, if they win this game, I'd say they have a very good shot at a single-digit seed, um, which you'd probably prefer in the assembly tournament. Uh, split the season series. Wyoming, I would argue, probably outplayed them in both. They only lost by three at Boise. They didn't have Ducell in the lineup. In theory, though, I agree with you guys, Boise has the tools to defend Wyoming. They have Armos inside to defend EK. 
They have the big wings in ACOT and Kigab for Maldonado. On the matchup, I lean towards Boise. My heart, Jim, my heart is with Jeff Linder and leaning towards Wyoming. Your heart will go on. Love it. Yeah, I actually do kind of lean towards Boise. EK has been not good lately. I Matt, I'm working on a, a take here. What do you think about this? Yep. EK is better against bigger defenders because everybody else flops against him and his main moves don't work. His body uh, control isn't quite there, right? Like he's just so hyper physical and he can like right. you pull the chair out on, from under him when he goes. Like yesterday smaller, he got a, he got a foul cause he turned and his elbow hit a face instead of a chest. Like he's playing somebody smaller than him. <laughs> Uh, and so, so uh, G Martinez in the chat pointing out EK had great games versus Boise. I think because Armish is like this big brute that wants to bang with yep. him, EK's like, This is what I crave. I yeah, the body craves contact. So, yeah, I don't know. That, that today's the, today's the EK game. I don't think today's the Maldonado game. I guess I, you're trying to screw that good. I think EK gets the most BS calls on him in, in the country. Maybe he does the Shaq treatment, just, the Kofi treatment. Yeah, okay. He's just I, I, so I, real quick. I saw Jordan Majeski speculating about that yesterday. Somebody asked him, they were like, is this team in trouble in the tournament? Because no one's refed these guys before. And it, Jordan said like, yeah, they're, they're two guys that are always exposed to fouls and it's yeah. their two best players. Like, I, I think that it's makes true. them uh, at least something to think about as you're, you're mm-hmm. lining up your bracket there. Yeah. Yeah. Mitch said the Zach Eady special. That's right. Just flips charges on their heads. Yep. Uh, okay. Let's get back to the chat, Kai. Make sure to hit that like button, folks. We were up at 86. Love to see that. Let's hit our yeah. triple digis, uh, and let's hit some more questions. Let's do it. Let's do Big Sky. Portland State, the darling. That's my tournament. That's my territory. Against Northern Colorado. I want to say this before you go, Matt. Idaho State was 0 for 16 from 3 against Portland State. Southern Utah started 0 for 16 against Portland State from 3. They did end up making one. I mean, you talk about horseshoe up your butt. Portland State might have it. They do play great defense. They haven't played well offensively. Who do you like in this game? Didn't bet it. It's a hard stay away. I have action in the other Big Sky game, Kai. I don't really trust Portland State's intelligence offensively, but yes, they are talented. Yes, their defense can be disruptive, and they are deep. So I think the third game in three days thing is not going to wear on them as it might other teams in the same spot. Jim, you get the other one. Weber State, Montana State. Weber State is favored by one. I'm a little surprised by that. Yeah, I liked Montana State yesterday, and obviously the market said, Jim, you idiot, what are you talking about? Uh, but they looked healthy yesterday. Uh, I think that was a concern coming in with Bishop and with Bello. Uh, so I, I like Montana State there. Weaver was so bad down the stretch, some of the losses they took. They're kind of like a pickup basketball team. It's just a spread out, one guy goes one-on-one, uh, which not really what I expected from Randy Ray, but the talent is there to do that kind of thing. I just think Montana State's too disciplined to let it happen to him. So, yeah, I like the Bobcats. Uh, I'll take Toledo Akron. I lean towards Toledo here. And that's mainly uh, I'm rooting for Todd Kovalchek to get to the NCAA tournament. He's been there 12 seasons. He's built this program up to a winner. They haven't made the tournament since 1980. Come on, Toledo. One, Come on, D. Todd. Yeah, somebody, I, I can't remember. I'm sorry, chat, but somebody said, I like betting one seeds after a shaky performance. And yeah. boy, that yeah, would be I like Toledo that too. <laughs> I, I think that was a wake up call for him. Uh, Akron's also a terrible ball screen defensive team. Toledo, it's their, their bread and butter, baby. Yeah. Um, I think the key is they play Z or CMU zoned Toledo. That's how you have to stop them. Majeski talked about that too. So if maybe if or John Gross picked up a page from that playbook, maybe they thwart that offense a little bit. Matthew, Colorado. Arizona, 10-point spread. Kirk Krissa, not playing today. What do you think? Would be on Arizona if he were playing. Um, 
I guess they have other options to slide in at point. I think they're a little thin there, Jim, but I think this is a, we don't, we want to make a statement after again, a dicey performance yesterday against Stanford, even without Krista. Yeah. Dicey performance like against Stanford yesterday and Colorado beat them by 15. Last Smack time played. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I don't know how sustainable it is long-term at the point guard spot, but Larson's a solid player. Kyer's a solid player. Dalen Terry is a great passer, can run stuff mm-hmm. through him. Uh, I think they need Kreese's swagger in the tournament, just kind of what he brings emotionally and energy wise. So that really concerns me if he's gone, but I, I kind of lean to Arizona today. And I think it's telling that everybody knows Kreese is out and the money is still shading and yeah. moving the, the line a little towards Arizona. All right. Two pack from Ryan A. Jim Vanderbilt yesterday's darling came back against Alabama in stunning fashion. The camera could not stay off Scotty Pippen senior. Just kept showing them every single effing second of the game. Drove me crazy. Ten and a half points against Kentucky. What do you think? Man, I liked Vandy last night. Opener 12 and a half at Westgate. Like, whoa, that's that's off market. Um, but, yeah, where it's at right now is a little shakier. Again, I, I said it yesterday. This version with Chapman and with Robbins is a different Vanderbilt team. Chapman was like a top four player on a 29 and two team two years a ago. One like, seat, a one seat team. He's legitimately good. awesome. Robbins yeah, was dominant that, in the Big Ten. Scotty Pippen's a star. Yeah, I'm with Jim. I think Ryan's too high. Even the current price. Frieza Pippen. Yeah, I'm, I'm leaning towards Vandy there. I don't think they went out right like they did yesterday, but I think 10 is too big. Matt, UMass Dayton. 10 and a half point spread, similar spread to Vandy, mm-hmm. uh, Kentucky. Cue the us chorus. It feels high. No, it doesn't. I think Dayton completely annihilates them up front. I don't care if it's a young team. I don't care if you can't trust that team potentially in a different, in a, postseason spot i'm so out on umass no three no sure. since they fired mccall which is wild. i know maybe, yeah is that a thing i'm missing ah crap no, maybe i, I, just I, I think you're right with the upfront domination is it's just interior bloodbath all right jim vcu richmond same conference uh rivalry obviously these two teams come from the same city three and a half point spread yeah, VC is just a terrible matchup for Richmond. The way they defend the Princeton type stuff, the length and athleticism they have, it, it is a problem. VCU swept them this year. Uh, the one at VCU was like a, a laughable Holy. blowout. Uh, I think they they complete the three game sweep, the triple sweep against an experienced team, and VCU obviously very desperate bubble wise. So go Rams. Uh, from Stephen, I'll take this one. St. Peter's Quinnipiac seven point spread MAC tournament Quinnipiac. St. Peter's yep, is a tough match for them, I, I will say, but I, the number, I think, screams Quinnipiac. In the MAC as well, Matt, <laughs> MAC, Matt, Ryder, Monmouth, does Ryder keep their insane streak going? They've been shooting just lights out um, against Monmouth, who is a four and a half point favorite. I do lean Monmouth, but man, I'm with you, Kai. I think just betting dogs like blindly in the Mac is a pretty good strategy here. And the way riders can play him and Dwight Murray's a star. They've basically retooled that defense and it actually looks like a fairly intelligent team, which is not something we've said a lot about Kevin back at coach teams in the past. Um, but they like out executed Iona last game. So kind of have to believe what you're seeing there. All right, Jim Auburn and Texas A&M. This one did not make the outline. Kyle, oh, did not, ask about uh, this question. Matt, first of all, you should start spelling your name with two A's like the Mac. Matt. I like that. <laughs> yep, there we go. I on that. Uh, but yeah, Auburn, we'll Texas my, uh, I, I like backing Auburn at home. They are not playing at Auburn arena. Uh, I think they're a different team away from there. Maybe a little high, but Texas A&M had a weird day yesterday. Got yep. up huge on Florida, nearly blue. They had a 99.6% chance to win heading into like the final minute. Somehow wow. went to overtime and they did survive, but boy, they almost choked it away against Florida. 
Uh, I don't have a super strong take there, unfortunately. Like Matt, how, how about Tennessee Miss State? Line's high. Um, yeah, it's too high, but not playing it because I respect Tennessee and I don't respect Mississippi State outside of Stark Vegas. Yeah, and Tennessee already won in Stark Vegas fairly convincingly. So. Which is hard to do, not many teams that this year. Yep. Miami and Duke, nine points spread. Jim, does that feel high to you? Feels a tad high. Uh, I, I kind of want to defer to Matt here. Matt, are you worried about Duke? I, I, that yeah, performance yeah. yesterday stunk. And it's coming off a game where they did not play well against UNC. I don't know if they're starting to feel pressure with late game, late season stuff with Coach K or what it all is, but yesterday was alarming to me. Yeah, I turned a blind eye to a lot of the warts this team this season. So now I'm finally waking up and smelling in the roses. Kai and Duke is atrocious in defending ball screen coverage. As my guy Mitch is pointing out in the chat, Miami exposed that just on repeat in the meeting at Cameron. I think they do that again today. So I think the over is actually a great play. There's a ton of points in this game. Efficiency should be sky high. Miami got him with a lot of backdoor stuff too. Like the off. Yeah, backdoor cuts, just basic stuff that you just cannot defend. All right, Jim, you get UCF Memphis, and then I'll finish up with a twofer, and then we'll hit our best bets. Okay. Uh, UCF Memphis. Memphis absolutely destroyed them in the one meeting they played this year. No Isaiah Adams, no Brandon Mayhan for UCF. They barely got by South Florida. Mm-hmm. Granted, that's a rivalry, but uh, I think this Memphis version with DeAndre Williams is really good. I kind of see this as a parallel to uh, UNC where they're on the way up. They just had a big win and you could, you could talk yourself into a letdown performance, but I actually kind of buy what Memphis is doing right now. All right. Uh, Southland dogs was a question. I like the favorites. We've talked about the semifinal advantage here, but also nickel state and Selah were the two best teams in the conference all year. Um, the record barely shows that for Selah, but I think that the talent wise it's, it's not even close. Um, so I like both the favorites actually in those games. Yeah, I like I, Nola. I like the dog in that one. Ooh, I disagree. Nolans. Yeah, they barely got back by McNeese. They probably should have lost. Yeah, and Sila doesn't foul. And that's the only way New Orleans scores is we need 40 free throw attempts. And it, they, they, they took, they were one for 10 from three yesterday. They have the lowest three point rate in the country. Yeah, it's frustrating. Sila can shoot the crap out of the ball. If they ever played Bakersfield, I would never, that game should be played in a dark dungeon. Just <laughs> yes. Nola's Bakersfield. Horrible, horrible basketball. Uh, all right, let's hit best bets. I gave mine out already. It's LSU plus three, plus three and a half. Go Tigers. Is it me? Am I up? It is you. It is ah, you. I'm checking the number. I'm seeing hooks pop up on my New Mexico State, which is my first best bet. Minus two. I think it's minus two and a half. I would take it up to three, but I'd like to endorse you buying the hook to two as Kai and Jim don't shake their the, head. Don't buy the hook. Oh. Um, the Aggies, again, I like the Aggies and the Red Hawks the top two seeds in this field, similar as the WCC tournament, just a huge advantage with the way that bracket's set up. It's a team that's been the best team in the conference, in my opinion, this season, even though they've had some blemishes emerge. Chris Jans, I think they reassert that they are the class of this conference in a pretty short spread against a Grand Canyon team. I'm not super in on. So first best bet right there. And then my bigger best bet is Rutgers plus seven. Touchdown bigger. against Iowa. Bigger. Really? I know Iowa's on fire. I get that. Um, but they already beat Iowa once. I know it was at the rack, but seven's a lot, especially they won this game. They're basically in. I know like they're not even safely in right now. Um, I just like Rutgers here. I think they're ready to go. Yeah, that, that one did jump out as a little high, but Matt, I, I'm kind of buying what Iowa's been doing. Like th- That team is good. I buy it too. I mean, I, I gave them another massive upgrade. And I guess we talked about how like these situational spots work more of like a nerviness as opposed to like a hype spot. So maybe I'm kind of talking about both sides of my mouth there, but Rutgers too high. Don't overthink it, guys. Yep. All right, two best bets for me. 
uh, one side St. Bonaventure minus one. It's down to one. As I look at my, uh, my board here for bet rivers, love that. So I don't have to buy the hook, Matthew. Uh, I just get me a nice minus one. They swept slew this year. This is a completely experienced team that won this event last year. They made the NCAA tournament. They have more rest for a team with five players. I think that matters a lot. I, I love the Bonnies today. Big, big Bonaventure guy. And then second one is one of the Frisco Disco under CUSA, North Texas and Louisiana Tech under 121 and a half. North Texas has been a terrific under team all season. Their defense is ridiculous and they really stretch out possessions. And La Tech played a really low scoring game yesterday against Western Kentucky, uh, had a, had a bet, best bet there. So I'm, I'm sticking with Louisiana Tech unders. That's it. Under 121 and a half. That's it for me. Um, anything else to add, gentlemen? Should we watch some ball today? Let's watch some ball. All right. Fantastic. We'll be back again tomorrow. Again, it'll be at uh, the normal weekend time. So 11.15 a.m. Eastern will be uh, on the 15th round. So I, I believe the America East game will have started by then, but that's okay. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about it as we go. Uh, but thank you to Bet Rivers, our sponsor. We appreciate you helping us out. Feel 68, you're the best. And to Dagan, our producer behind the scenes, you're the man. Enjoy the hoops today, folks. Good luck to you.